The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. Time for round two. Tim Hudak is here, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives. He's now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Rob Davis, live in studio, making fun of the fact that I don't have a mustache now. Uh, he's a former Toronto City Councillor, founder of Rob Davis Associates. And like I say, Dowson is scheduled for the panel, but we're having some technical issues. So Nick, let me know when she gets here, if she does, but that's okay. We got some heavy hitters. Um, Rob Davis, you heard the breaking news. The housing minister is going to be holding a press conference at 1230. Do you, what do you anticipate? Do you think he's going to quit? No, I don't anticipate that he's going to quit. But what I do anticipate is that there'll be, you know, an acknowledgement that there's something uh, that went wrong in the process. Uh, again, it's a, a, a noble means or noble end that was done uh, by an improper means. And I think, you know, somebody reminded me this morning that uh, the Tory slogan in the last provincial campaign was get it done. And, you know, the last thing that people who are looking for affordable housing wanted to hear from the provincial government or any leader for that matter was we're going to start another blue ribbon panel to discover what the best way is to help you. And so uh, I think even uh, buried deep in the report, there was an acknowledgement that the intent was to build housing and that the minister's intent was pure in that regard. Um, So that's a little bit of a nugget. I think that they'll hang hang their hat on. Um, But. You know, it's it's uh, it's a tough time for the minister. It's a tough time for the government. But get it done was their slogan. And I think that's the argument they'll use, that they didn't get elected to form a panel or form a committee or form a blue ribbon uh, yeah. group of uh you know, responsible people like Tim Hudak to look at the issue. Well, let's turn to Tim Hudak. And there's an aspect to this. I was comparing it to Baghdad Bob. I mean, the premier is going to try and talk about something else. And the minister may not resign. He may just come out and say, it's OK. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing on nothing to see here. Yeah, I mean, this has been in flux, uh, I can tell you, John and uh, and Rob, through the night and, and this morning um, behind the scenes at Queen's Park as to what uh, what path to take. Look, this is um, this is awful. I, and, and when I look at the Integrity Commissioner's report, and I've got a lot more faith in his report, I think the auditor in general has become more of a show person. Um, but it is devastating. It, there's elements of that, uh, John, that I find surprising and other elements that are not surprising. Not surprising, you know, there's no... Uh, signs, uh, no, no accusations of any kind of kickbacks or corruption or personal benefit. That doesn't surprise me. I, I've known Steve Clark for a long time, known the Premier for a long time, would never expect that sort of thing. So the Integrity Commissioner clears him in that regard. But man, I, I am shocked by the sloppiness of this process. You know, John, when land is going to be taken out of the green belt, that there will be a bright light on you know what land came out, what were the reasons, were there any kind of connections, what was the process? Man, and then and, and so overlook that, right? He said a process that's arm's length, uh, has nothing to do with the politicians, is evidence uh, based on the science of the land, is it near housing development, is it near transportation hub? He'd make sure that it's an open call for those that want to apply to a clear process. But if you don't make it bulletproof, you end up with this kind of scandal. And it's a real shame because it's the right idea to get more homes built, but you build a smart process that protects the outcome as well as those involved in leading the decisions. We've connected with, and like I say, Dowson by phone. And in the panic to connect, you may have missed that the housing minister is going to be doing a press conference at 1230 today. And uh, the question on everybody's mind, and like I say, Dowson, is he going to try and explain things or is he just going to quit? Well, I gather there have been calls for his resignation. I'll tell you, from where I'm sitting in Montreal, it really doesn't look good for Ontario. It's very bad for the reputation of Canada's biggest 
province, the heartland and motor of the economy, right? So deals made at builders' gala dinners and schmooze fests, developers who attend the premier's daughter's wedding, uh, two damning reports, and now the RCMP involved. I mean, come on. This is really embarrassing, if not flat-out sleazy. And something needs to be done about this. It's a really big black eye for Ontario. Following on the Ontario Place fiasco, I mean, this looks like a Banana Republic kind of thing. Residents in Mississauga and Brampton ending up in uh, ending up on hold when they call 911. I'll start with uh, Tim Hudak on this one. John Tory spoke about this when he was hosting our show on Monday, happening in Toronto. That you know, it's a combination of factors, but I I just can't imagine. We all have this vision of calling 911 in an emergency, like you're hiding under your bed and there's somebody in the house and you don't even have to talk. They're going to immediately process and dispatch the police. But Tim Hudak, apparently, you end up on hold. Uh, crazy. These are the basics. You pay your tax dollars and expect that, that this is entry level for what government should do for you. The notion, John, you're, you're there in the five armed um, criminals come in with uh, masks on their heads and you're trying desperately to call 911 and you can't get through on three occasions? I, I, shouldn't somebody be fired for this, first of all, that we're in this situation? And secondly, how do you fix it? you got to make sure you got the best technology. I assume you always do. I assume the number of operators' capacity grows with the population. But if it is true that 40% of the calls coming in are non-emergency related, and if that is the, the main cause of this backlog, then don't you think there should be some kind of fine to some consequences if you're tying up the lines and it's not an emergency to that extent. Yeah, and like I say, Dowson, John Tory, former mayor of Toronto, told a story where apparently somebody called 911 on Thanksgiving to find out how to cook a turkey. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so clearly people need to be better informed about where they can get information on cooking their turkey. Do not waste, the, don't, do not tie up the lines like that. Clearly there's a management problem here, and there's a lack of information in the public. And maybe there, there needs to be some hiring done and some training done, because if 40 or more percent of people are calling for non-emergency calls, there's clearly some kind of public education issue. But also there needs to be some serious internal assessments and maybe some training and hiring because as Tim Hudak just said that's all we we pay taxes so we can get those services yeah these are the basics firefighters the paramedics yeah and everybody and everybody knows that for every pound of uh, meat you put it in for 20 minutes at 450. (laughs) (laughs) so so i don't know why they're calling 911 when they can call you well don't call me if you you need to know but but in all seriousness i've worked with chief nesh uh, the peel regional uh chief of police and 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 members of regional council so I, i have a bit of insider knowledge on this you know um, this year, this budget year, uh, regional council, Peel Regional Council did the right thing in their budget. They've hired 70 additional officers uh, and they've hired 20 additional uh, 911 operators. Uh, so all joking aside about turkey dinners. Um, and, and so I think there's been that uh, uh, attempt to address the growing population in the 905 and the advent of cell phones. I mean, I can't tell you how many times my phone has dialed the emergency number and I've had to quickly hang up yep. and I get the call back saying, are you all right? And and I have and to you say, tell them how to cook a turkey. And I, and I tell them I was just checking on the thermometer uh, was broken <laughs> on the turkey. But, but in all, but again, uh, you know, so that if I do that, once a month, once every three months, then you multiply that by the millions of phones that are out there. It's got to be uh, uh, daunting. Unfortunately, and I think there's that other circumstance that, you, that was talked about earlier in the show, 
where if there's an incident, suddenly six or seven people can all call the same incident at the same time. And so what happens is the, the 911 operation gets overloaded with the same call. And that's a challenge I think that could be resolved, as, as Tim was saying, with technology, knowing uh, because they have a, a way of locating where your phone is, knowing yeah. that there's five people within 10 feet of each other calling at the same time. They don't have to take all the calls. Because it's an interesting circumstance, as you describe. You know, 10 of you witness somebody, a cyclist, being knocked off a bike. You all call. And the problem is the operators have no knowledge that another operator sitting next to them is on the same call. So they process it, and ultimately only one police officer and an ambulance are dispatched. Exactly. And and I've been on the other side of that phone call, too. Like, I've been... Well, me at, too. As you know, I mean, I was, uh, I was at the site of the very first shooting on the Transit Commission, using a payphone because the cell phone didn't work in the underground and <laughs> spending an inordinate amount of time explaining the location of a subway car to an operator and so uh, I, I, I was going to say I can only imagine the fear that these people have but I don't have to imagine I've experienced it so it's very difficult. A Canadian province wants to pick immigrants based on the country that they are coming from and and like I say Dowson that could be a somewhat fraught affair it's normally you take all the applications you see who's qualified who's got the points and you bring them in you don't say we prefer Swedish people. Yeah, so up until about the 1960s, Canada had a pretty disgraceful record of favoring people from certain countries and excluding people from others, right? So that's where the point system was introduced, just to try and get over that. Um, you know, Quebec favors francophones. Mm, sometimes that gets them into problems because some francophones wear headscarves and other religious gear. So this, this is a very slippery slope. And I, I, in Saskatchewan, I gather, the problem is that people come to Saskatchewan and they take off. They go off to Ontario or BC or Alberta pretty quickly as soon as they, you know, figure out where the, you know, jobs are, where the grass is greener. So I guess the Saskatchewan government needs to figure out how to retain people and offset systemic racism, make sure people can get houses and jobs and maybe, you know, maybe do some work on that. But I would I would say the point system is not perfect, but it's actually something that we need to uphold. Rob Davis. Well, it's a, the, the point system's a bit flawed, right? Because you, you, yeah, uh, you, you have a medical yeah. degree, you're coming from Nigeria, you land in Toronto, you can't wait to, uh, to take some exams, and then all of a sudden there's no uh, residency uh, spots available for you because you happen to uh, get educated at a British school in Nigeria, uh, learning the same things as uh, every other surgeon in the world, and then you get to drive a cab. You get to drive me to News Talk 1010 studios instead of actually save lives. So I, I think the country of origin issue, I think it's, it's fraught with all sorts of problems because it has absolutely nothing to do with a person's character. Uh, it simply has something to do with your own romantic, I guess, uh, understanding of what that country's about. Uh, I'm interested in people of good character coming to Canada, building a life, saving lives, driving cabs, and being radio hosts. There you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, that's Rob Davis. And like I say, Dowson was on the phone today. Tim Hudak was with us as well on the panel. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.